Hello, everybody, and welcome to the True Fans Podcast, where we talk to the true fans of the beautiful game. We are back. We are finally back for the third season uh, of uh, the True Fans Podcast. This is the third Premier League season that we will be covering, and you've got the same faces and the same unfortunate voices uh, back here on the podcast. May I present my co-host and co-creator, co-presenter. Do we need to say any more co? Gary Bass. Gary, how are you? I'm very good, Kieran. How about you? Very well. We're back. We're back. And, it, and it's been a while. Uh, we haven't done a podcast over for three months, two, three months. But anyway, we're back. We're back. And we've got a lot to cover because it's the 30th Premier League season. And my God, the, the first two weekends has shown just how big the Premier League truly is. We're going to get into all of that. We're going to begin into this week. Team of the week. Gareth's going to be giving us our team of the week uh, throughout a bunch of nominees. We're also going to be getting into the greatest Premier League team of all time. We are going to be uh, debating that. Uh, we are. Uh, Gary's going to do the team of the week, and then we'll debate the Premier League all-time eleven, and then we'll do a nice fun quiz. Because why not? We love quizzes, definitely here on the Tree Fans podcast. Um, but guys, just wanted to, just wanted to tell you a quick story about the other offers. The True Fans Gaming will be back live on Twitch. We're going to be getting that all set up. Social media is going to be coming on. The watch is on the stereo. So it's all coming back, not just the podcast. It's all coming back. Gary, I think this might be a bit of a, it might be a simple question. It might be a very much of a long-winded question. What, what have you made about the Premier League coming back? Because as football fans, it, it's great to have it back. But we are finally here. How you feel? Well, I don't want to go into too much depth, but I'm very shocked for the last two weeks. That's all I can say. Well, yeah, so that's what obviously what we're going to be covering here. We've got the Premier League table up here. Let's focus on the top four first because I can, I might be wrong, but this will potentially not be the top four as it stands. Uh, come May, where we have Manchester City top, Arsenal second, Brentford third, and Spurs fourth. Let's focus on all four teams today, guys. Obviously, Man City two wins from two, uh, played incredible in these two games, really showing their worth. And obviously, Haaland has been the big name. Everybody's been bringing them. What have you made to his start of the season? And how do you, and Man City, because last, last couple of seasons, They've not been putting their full full foot on the pedal. They've not been accelerating forward. They usually have quite a slow start. Do you think this is different for Man City to be top of the table so early on in the season? Yeah, it's different for Man City. I think obviously they're going to try and insert dominance now as much as possible. And they're proving it because obviously the win against Bournemouth, I don't really particularly want to say it, but the win against West Ham, it just proves how different it's going to be in the Premier League season this year. Well, Manchester City, I do believe, had that fire in their intent to not winning the Community Shield. I mean, that was a big thing. Is that, you know, Liverpool obviously beat them in that. That was a great start for Liverpool. And Manchester City had to watch and observe that. And I think that put a little bit more firepower into them. They obviously expected Liverpool was going to be up there with them. They're not. Uh, currently at this time but it's really interesting man. it's really interesting to see Man City there uh, at the top I think a lot of people 
expect that. But not so early on in the season if you're really looking to the past season. Uh, Arsenal chilling up there. I mean, Arsenal have had probably one of the best transfer windows. I said Man United had possibly the best the best transfer window last season. I think man, Arsenal could probably get that title here. How has Arsenal changed for you? Obviously beating Crystal Palace and then beating Leicester. And one man in particular, Gabriel Jesus, is, is dominating. Arsenal at the moment, obviously bringing in Zinchenko as well, I thought was a great signing. Is Arsenal lacking something in other areas which might be exposed later on in the season? And what do you just think Arsenal is generally just playing excellent football? I think Arsenal playing excellent football as it currently stands. Maybe later on they might they might get hit with injuries or we might find out that missing link for them to get that where they want to be. It's the midfield. Uh, well, yeah, maybe midfield. Maybe even, like I said, might get an injury with in the defenders and that might be that missing like connection where they are now to now having probably losing two or three games on the trot. Yeah. Also, Arsenal seem to slip away during Christmas. I do look at their past time, they definitely do slip away there. Tonight, Brentford, there. third place. Obviously, you know, people are expecting second season syndrome from Brentford. Are, are Brentford not going to uh, listen to that? Are they going to focus and possibly potentially stay in the Premier League for another season? And how do you think they've done in their opening two games? Obviously, that win against Manchester United was there. Uh, has proven that on a bit of a larger scale at the expense of Man United. We're obviously going to come on to them a little bit later. Yeah, I think obviously they're going to put up a, a very big fight and try and stay in the Premier League. And yes, it's only two games in, but look how they're doing. I think it's it's a win and a draw on the trot. That's amazing for Brentford of all teams. But they've kept Tony, which is good. I think that was a necessary. I think a lot of people expected him to go to you know, another club obviously got that Premier League exposure and did pretty well. Uh, bringing it, I think, I think bringing in Ben Lee was a fantastic signing. Premier League experience with two good potentials for Burnley as they crashed back down to the Championship last season. So I think Brentford are in a really, really uh, confident position. Let's move into the last places of the uh, Champions League, then, which is Spurs. Now, Spurs, they put out a video of uh, Antonio Conte running riot. With this, with this Spurs team, really making this very, very difficult for um, you know, these other teams' players. But again, bringing in, uh, keep, uh, I think, signing Kudovetsky permanently, bringing in Basuma, bringing in Richarlison. Do you think all these, all these players were a necessity towards going ahead for Champions League? Because now the conversation seemed to have flipped where Chelsea was that team that kept Liverpool and Man City. Now it seems like Spurs are that team. Yeah, I think Spurs are going to be that team where they're going to sit there and I'd say not take no for an answer. I think they're going to fight and prove that they can actually maybe win a trophy. It's been a laughing stock of Spurs over the past few years, and most definitely it's been interesting. Let's have a look, obviously, at the middle ground here of the Premier League table. Obviously, a lot can change uh, as games come on. But obviously, you've got Leeds up there. Uh, a winning a, a winning a draw there. Chelsea are winning a draw. Uh, Aston Villa and Forest are also there as well. What have you made of Forest's start season? Obviously beating uh, West Ham uh, on Sunday. Sorry to bring that up, but um, 
what do you think Forrest can do? Because again, Forrest is, is at the moment currently leading the path of the promoted teams. Very closely by Bournemouth, by the way. Yeah, I'm telling you now, Forrest, watching them play against West Ham on Sunday, they are. I want to say a word, but they are bloody brilliant. Like they attack so quickly, their counter attacks are on point. It's it's they're going to be scary facing any team. Yeah, let's move on to um, let's move on to Bournemouth because they've they've got a loss and a victory uh, opened up a beat Aston Villa on it and Dalston and Boston Man City. Do you think Bournemouth? A lot of teams have turned around and said that Bournemouth potentially could be the most popular team to go down, Fulham had a great start for and, and so has Forrest. Do you think Bournemouth are going to prove the doubters wrong or do you think that 4-0 defeat for Man City could be the, uh, could be the beginning of a long season for the Cherries? They are the Cherries, right? They are the Cherries, I've used that yes, quite right. Yes, they are the Cherries. Um, I'll stay in the job for another week. I think it's going to be a long season, but I think if they pick apart teams where they can... I think they'll stay up. Uh, very surprisingly, Liverpool are 12. Two draws. Uh, Fulham was a very, very poor performance. Same as with Crystal Palace last night. And of course, the, um, the red card, which we'll, bring on to, which we'll come on to in a minute, as we reviewed game week two, uh, didn't help, of course, Liverpool's uh, advances. Um, is it is it almost surprising to a non-Liverpool fan like yourself that Liverpool are so far down or do you think it's a case where it's a slow start that's what happened to Man City but as soon as Liverpool pick up the pace uh, you know a lot of people wouldn't will necessarily forget about this uh, two very poor opening weekends uh, well first two uh, first two games of the season I mean it's a mixture of both to be truthfully honest I think it's I've no offence to you here, Kieran, but it has been poor for Liverpool. I think they've not been firing on all cylinders. I think, yes, once they start to fire on them with all cylinders, they will literally tear apart this league. And um, Man United next uh, <laughs> next week. But I think as well, it's, it's even to, like, as we'll get on to later, even to see a club like Liverpool down there within the bottom half. Like, you've got two of the... So, well, actually, sorry, technically three of the big six in the uh, bottom 11, or bottom uh, 10, is it? Yeah, bottom 10. Yeah. Bottom yeah. 10. Um, it's been a poor. Um, there's no easy way to say it. Uh, Liverpool has barely hung on, I think, in many times. I think they were lucky against Fulham, and Fulham played very well. I think Palace, we could have beat them with 11 men. I think we were picking up momentum, picking up speed, but obviously a red card completely throws the objective the other way, and even it was even it was commented that Liverpool looked the better team against Palace with 10 men. It's weird. It's weird as a Liverpool fan coming into this early part of the season and, and saying, well, you know, it's not been the total domination Liverpool has been used to over the past few years, uh, obviously under Jurgen Klopp. I think it's worrying and I think we've got to be careful. I don't think we, we, can, we could 
we can afford to keep drawing a lot more games because I think the league would just get out of our sights, whether it's Man City winning it. Um, I think everybody before the Crystal Palace game last night said, not, and I think possibly after the Brentford loss to Man United uh, on Saturday, everybody was like, you got Liverpool next. Yeah, what a dominating performance this is going to be. Listen, 5-0 last season was unbelievable. It was incredible. And then obviously to be there 4-0 at Anfield. If Liverpool played that way, the way that they did, and Ten Hag, who obviously had a few criticisms, and we'll move on to that in a bit later, they've got to be careful. It's not going to be the total domination that we're we've, everyone's made it out to be. Um. Liverpool, I've got to be really careful. And that, 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 that's just the honest truth of it. Um, Leicester's down there, guys. 15. Uh, a loss and a draw. They threw away a two-goal lead against Brentford. And then they uh, were dominated by Arsenal at the Emirates. It's the same old stories with Leicester. It really, really is, guys. Is it time for Leicester to really, really start doing something different? Because, again, the the, the sole Michael, an 11 year servant for the club, that they've not seemed to replace him with anybody close to that, or anybody in fact. So, what's going on with Leicester, do you think? Do you think, do you think Leicester needs to be careful? Yeah, I think Leicester needs to be careful. I think selling Schmeichel was to raise funds, and I think they've just not using them funds the way I think everyone will expect. Um, but it's still absolutely shocking to see Leicester down there, obviously being our two like closest Premier League club. Um, obviously, I have a soft spot for them, and I think you do too as well, Kieran. And yep. it's just shocking to see them down there. To be truthfully honest, we're talking of being down there. Everton, West Ham, and Manchester United operate the relegation places. And by the way, we are saying this based on two games. But Everton, West Ham and Man United. Everton were lucky last season. We'll start with them. Everton were lucky last season to not go down. Do you think luck will run out in this one? Because they, once again, have been really, really poor. They've they brought in Tarkowski and Cody, which in my mind are two solid defenders. You sell with Charlison. Calvin Lewin is injured again. It almost seems like nothing's going right for the blue side of, of Merseyside. And this could be the case where we said about Bournemouth along the season. Everton looked like they picked up exactly where they left off, struggling, and now in the relegation place. Well, I, I'm looking at obviously Everton, and they've brought in some good signings, like you said. Um, but I think it's their luck is going to run out. I think they were, like you said, they were lucky to even stay up last season. And I think selling Richarlison, I don't think they've got a proper out and out striker who's going to score goals for them. So yeah, I think it's there. It's going to be their time. We're going to have to talk about them, guys. I'm sorry, but we are West Ham. By the way, not an easy first game against Man City. We are not saying that you have played against two promoted teams and lost. You played against Man City and it was 2-0 and a lot of teams potentially could lose by a lot more. And obviously, then you lose against Nottingham Forest, a game which probably you should have won. 
Are you not that worried? Because it was two very tough games. You, you, you were praising Forest and obviously Manchester is, is the way that they are. So are you not that worried? Or, or you, is there a bit of a worry back in your mind, which if you don't start to pick up soon, you could get dragged down there. Because a lot of teams do do get dragged down there because of their poor start. To be fair, there's two sides of me to West Ham at the moment. Um, is Remember when Leicester won the season? And they lost the first two games of the season and one of them was to a newly promoted team and missed a penalty. Do you think the story could, could repeat itself? So there could be a story repeating itself or we could complete, we've completely crumbled. Um, I, I, and I don't think. I don't think. Looking I at think... that, the past of the 6th and 7th, I think it's just the pressure now of trying to get being accepted as one of the top six or seven to get up there, it's it's got to us. Well, speaking of a team that has, has dropped to a lot of the pressure, we're going to talk about Man United because they currently sit in 20th place in the Premier League. It is the worst start ever of a Manchester United season over the past two games. Daz, it, it's been well-documented both on this podcast and in the football world, just the issues that Man United have already had. I don't want to really talk about this because it might be the case where we're just going over the same things. All of you have a difference of opinion now than what we did last season, maybe. Manchester United have, have come into this season, they've lost two games on the bounce against two very tough sides, but nothing to the point of the quality. That's not against Brentford and that's not against Brighton. But Man United realistically should be beaten. Is it the case where now we are we have to sit here every week and say Man United are not going to get better until the Glazers are out? And my issue with that is, and I'll start off this proceeding with this argument, if you don't mind. Manchester United, when they win. And when they, when they do very, very well, there is absolutely no mention of the Glazers, of that Glazer family, of Ed Woodward. And I'm sitting here as a Liverpool fan, possibly not knowing about the structure of Manchester United, mainly because I don't care. Not because I'm not a bad football pundit and a football podcaster, mainly because I don't care about Manchester United enough to do that research. However, I've heard this on, on a secondary of opinion that Manchester United hate the Glazers, hate Ed Woodward. They are doing every single thing that they can to get out. However, when they win, when Manchester United get a very good result, there's absolutely no mention of the Glazers. Now they've come into this season, they've got a promising manager in Eric Ten Hag, who at the moment is not taking any flack, absolutely nothing, because nobody is expected to him to change the culture, change the team of the football club. And basically you're saying, well, you get a, you get a, a bypass because you've only been here a couple of weeks and you've not got the signings that you have asked for. You look at that team, you look at this team, and I've said absolutely multiple, multiple, multiple times that they need a, they need a centre defensive midfielder. Why, why, why are they 
assisting with the Tomei and Fred. It is ridiculous. They brought Van der Beek back. Van der Beek has not played enough in a Manchester United shirt. But everybody seems to have said that he might be the answer. He's still got continuous actions with, with Ronaldo to the point now where the greatest footballer possibly, debatably, to ever grace a football pitch is, is all of a sudden can't, doesn't fit in Eric Ten Hag's plan or his style. That's ridiculous because he can adapt to the point where I'd want Ronaldo in Liverpool. You'd possibly want Ronaldo at West Ham because it doesn't matter who, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm sure you will. But I'll wait in, I'll wait in. No, I fully agree with you, pal. You know, he can adapt. He's that type of player where he can adapt. So you've got it. They brought a five foot nine centre back. So they put well, I'm five foot seven, gentlemen. Like, I know obviously I don't say I'm sitting down. I'm not a I'm not a tall man. But I'm five foot seven and he's two inches taller than me. There was a reason why when I played football, I did not play centre back. He is, but apparently he's supposed to be doing very, very good holding midfielder. So play him in holding midfield then. I don't know how many times he needs to play him. Either holding midfielder, that is a that is a guarantee, because anything is possibly better than Fred and McTominay. It's true. And personally, for me, I think people really need to stop looking at the Glazers without looking at the players you've got. There's your culture. There's your impression you're giving to the fans. Why are you not changing now? Why is Manchester United keep persisting with the same players? But everybody has to focus on the owners because when, when it's going bad, it's their fault. When it's going good, they don't even get a mention. Gad, I've spoken for too long. I always do this same time when I speak about Man United because I've literally just had enough of talking about them. What is your thoughts about Man United currently at this moment? And has it, and my, probably my second question is, has it changed? Um, from your opinion about the last season, it's just basically reinforcing this because they're at the bar. To be truly honest, my idea of Man United has not changed at all. But I think they are now officially proving what is going wrong. Um, I don't think Ten Hag's happy because he's not got the funds to bring in the players he wants. I think, yes, like you said, imagine they brought in Frankie de Jong. Maybe everything changes. Maybe that midfield is stronger. That midfield is a hell of a lot quicker, a hell of a lot more persistent, a hell of a lot press press a lot more. Like, obviously, I'm I am going to sit and watch the Man United game this weekend. Come in, I think at the end of the day we need to see what's going wrong. Is it the owners not giving the money? Is it the owners just sitting back and using Manchester United as a business more than a football team? Or is it the actual players on the pitch? But we can't tell until we actually... Who do you blame? Who do do you blame at the moment? Because I think everybody... If I ask everybody in Archipad, they'll say the owner. But from a looking out, from the point of view, I think you have to blame the players. Because the players are putting in the performance in 90 minutes. They're doing doing what they... You you do what you can with the team that you've got. If you don't have an owner... If you don't have anyone that's willing to spend, don't don't turn around and say you are the issue. Because you do because in life you have to do with what you you've got to deal with what you've got. Because if you do because if nobody does that in, in life, 
where you're not going to do anything in your life because you're going to keep asking for more. Manchester United just keep asking for more. They're not getting it and they're moaning. You, you, you get on with what you need to do. West Ham have done that. Liverpool have done that. City have done that. Arsenal have done that. Why are Manchester United not doing the same thing? Sorry, I cut you off. Go on. I think at the end of the day, yes, you can blame the players, but I think it's a mixture of both. I think, I think the players are now turning on the owners as well. And I, you might not get my point of drift here, but I think it's the point where they're looking and going, we could have had this player brought in, we could have had this player brought in, you know what I mean? And they're, and they're looking and going, well, the owners haven't given the money in. So but why I, why should we play for them when they're not putting into the club? But have, you, but, but, is it, but have you got to the point now where... If, so, yeah, you mentioned Frankie Dion. So that was a that was a that was a hope. Then you played on pressure to Frankie Dion to change the whole team. One player doesn't change a whole team. I can keep saying it, it. It got to the it's got to the point now where players just don't care, and you can't get a new team. You need to change that mindset. You need to change that mentality. I think it comes down to that. To be honest, but listen, we've had enough chat about Manchester United. We're going to get into our score predictions in just a moment, but we are going to speak about this week. Team of the week. Gary's going to give us our team of the week based on obviously what we've had from game week two. Uh, Gary, the team lineup here. Thank you very much to BBC Sport for giving us the opportunity to do this. Much appreciated. So, um, Gary, this is the eleven. Are you happy with the four-three-three formation? Job is to change it. No, I'm happy with four-three-three. Okay, goalkeeper. Then we start off with. The opportunity for to show you there with me. Okay, here we go. There's a Dean Henderson of Nottingham Forest, uh, Martinez of Aspen Villa, Pope of Newcastle, Rodak of Fulham, Josie Starr of Wolves, and Robert Sanchez of Brighton. It's got to be Dean Henderson. I think that man was absolutely outstanding against us. And we'll stand to that partnership then. So we have Nathan Ackley, Dan Byrne, uh, Ruben Diaz, Josh De Silva, Lewis Dunk. You can put in Akuta Bali, who's got a great goal against Spurs. And Max Kilman, you can Janssen, uh, Shaw. Uh, so a lot of names, so a lot of centre-back options. So who's your first centre-back? Oh, um, obviously I'm going to have to go Kuda Bali. I think that volley was very good. And oh, I'm going to go Ruben Diaz. Strong, strong, yeah. strong centre-back. Very decently played. OK, left-back. Obviously, you've got Nico, Nico Williams, Kyle Walker, Kyle Walker-Peters. Um, are we going left-back? Have we lost, Gary? Uh, is it left-back we're going? So I got a career. Is it left back we're going? Cool. 
I think we've had a few. Hello. We've got a bit of a few issues here on my end, which we'll sort out in just a moment. I'll be back. I'll be back. Hello. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Back. Right. There, there we go. Okay. Sorry. God. Left back. So his left back will go in. So. Oh. I think is Nico Williams a right back or a left back? Left back. I'll go Nico Williams then. But he okay. just he kept pushing and pushing and pushing through West Ham's midfield and defence. Okay, so left back sorted. Two Forest players in the right back. So obviously you've got uh, Reese James, uh, Kieran Trippier, Kyle Walker, Peters, Kyle Walker. So English right backs representing him. Reese James scored a goal. Obviously, very defensively well played as well. What we're going to do actually is I'm just going to do a bit of a FIFA play. So I'm going to put Peter Valley on the side and get some rice, give that strong link. And, uh, Possibly take the opportunity away for DK Williams to have any sort of link with uh, Dean Henderson midfield. Then uh, it's obviously across the field. Diaz scored a great goal. De Bruyne scored a great finish as well. And Casado again winning things for Brighton. Gundogan uh, as Man City. Grealish. Foden. Foden scored a great goal. Ralph Weiberg in there. This got Spurs back into the game against um, Chelsea. Um, Ante was again man of the match. Madison scored for Leicester. Martinelli scored for Arsenal. So um, you got a lot of choices there, man. What are you thinking? Oh, um. Can Alvarez hit cross off as a great free kick? Is unlucky. Do you know what I'm going to throw Saeed in there? I think Saeed and Rama was our only point of attack during that game against Forest. I think he he rattled that ball with that free kick. And Forrest were lucky to come away with the clean sheet with how many chances we had. Um, any, any other options? I think it, there's, he's got to be in there, KDB. Um, I think definitely. And, oh, I don't know. Oh. Hoiberg. I think bringing Spurs back into the game leveled the playing field a bit more. Right. right wing. Pretty much the same names. You've got obviously Hazus Martinelli, Harry Kane, Jack Harrison scored. Um, sorry, assisted Rodrigo's goal, um, who's obviously always on there as well. Tony's in there, got a great assist. That fourth goal, his pass was tremendous. Uh, Watkins is also in there as well. Um, I'm going to go for Martinelli. Why is it new then? Martinelli, okay. I think Martinelli is an amazing footballer. I've watched Arsenal a few times and he's looking strong. You put Foden in there. I mean, he did score a goal against Bournemouth. Uh, yeah, put... Good strike. Oh. See, that's difficult. Because I know for a dead set who's going up front. Yeah, 
but it's who do I put? Oh. Luis Diaz. He's made the decision. Luis Diaz is in and then striker. You can probably guess who it's going to be. Yep. There you go. So that team will be available now for you guys to have a look at on our Instagram. But this is not the only team we're going to do. If, you thought, if Gary thought that that was hard, if you thought that that might be difficult, we are now doing this. The Premier League greatest 11. 30 years of legend. 30 years of Premier League icons. Gary, are you ready? Are we going to do this position by position? Or like you do the goalkeeper, I'll do the left back? Or, or do you want to debate it? I think we do it one by one. So I'll do goalkeeper, you do left back. Okay, all right. So you start for the goalkeeper. Then the nominations include Allison. He plays for Liverpool, Petr Cech, who plays for Chelsea, Arsenal, David De Gea, who plays for Man United, Edison for Man City, Lehman, who doesn't get a lot of credit for what he did at Arsenal, Hugo Lloris, uh, Michael plays for both Manchester clubs as well as Aston Villa, David Seaman, a top English goalkeeper who played for Arsenal and then Man City towards the end of his career, and then Edwin van der Sar, who won the Premier League multiple times for Man United, also started his career at Fulham. I said it. I said it wasn't going to be easy. So, no offence. I'm ruling out Alisson and Edison. I'm definitely ruling them out. If you're gonna, I understand. If you're going to do that, if you're going to do that, let's just get to the to get to the one you want to pick, and then we'll rule it out. I'm saying Van der Sar. Van der Sar. I know wow. Peter Schmeichel is up there, but Van der Sar's won Premier League titles on how many occasions? Wow, okay, okay. I guess, but, but, but the a rule is as well when we do this is that what we can swap one player out. So I can swap one of your players out, you can swap one of mine out. Right, okay. All right, left back. The nominees, the nominations obviously include uh, Ashley Cole of uh, Arsenal and Chelsea Lee Dixon of Arsenal, Patrice Everett of Manchester United, Dennis Irwin, obviously many people know there's Roy Keane's best friend of United, also played for Wolves, Psycho Stuart Pearce, who played for Nottingham Forest, Newcastle, and a hammer, of course, West Ham, uh, Andy Robertson, who had a brief time with Hall before moving to Liverpool, and uh, they are all the left backs. And I think this one's pretty easy for me, Ashley Cole. For me, I think I have to put there. He won the Premier League with Arsenal, with the part of the Invincibles, and then moved to Chelsea. He was probably one of the best left backs in the world at one point. Yeah, people do put him up there with the likes of Roberto Carlos in that sort of position. He was one of the best defenders um, in the world. He is one of them footballers. So to me, I think actually probably deserves that left back. Do we do right back? Do we do right back or do the first centre back? Uh, I'll do first centre back. Okay. So uh, I'm just going to run through quickly to the left here. Tony Adams of Arsenal, of course. As for Lequetti, you could put as a centre-back, but obviously that's the actually right-back. Steve Bruce, the first Man United captain uh, to win, to lift that Premier League title. Sol Campbell, who made that controversial switch uh, from uh, Spurs to Arsenal. Or is it the way around? Is it the way around? 
No, it was first to Arsenal. It was first to Arsenal. Yeah. Uh, obviously played for Portsmouth as well and Newcastle. Uh, SIE, who had a brief time at, at Chelsea. Rio you know, Ferdinand, who had a fantastic time uh, with the Hammers. Leeds United and Manchester United for uh, joining QPR at the end of his career. Vincent Company, where do you want the statue of Vincent Company? Uh, at Man City. John Terry, who had a very successful career at Chelsea. Virgil van Dijk, who was made himself one of the best centre-backs in the world by joining Liverpool from Southampton. Torres, Torres is a golden centre-back, Nemanja Vidic. And also, you could put Walker in there as well. Dad, over to you. I'm going to go for a Chelsea Academy player. Who, well, he played for Chelsea, uh, West Ham Academy, sorry. Uh, it's John Terry. Look at that link. That's strong link. I'm going to do a sense about that. I'm going to leave the right back to you. Uh, obviously, same name. It's between two. It's between two. It's between Virgil van Dijk and Rio Ferdinand. I think. I'd say Company's up there as well, mate, to be truthfully honest, but I, I, it is up yeah. to you. Yeah. But obviously, this might be potentially one you might swap over. I would go Rio. I would go Rio. What he did for Premier League in terms of that centre back roll, I think he cemented that. He had a great partnership with Vidic. Yeah, I, I think so. Right back. So, then to get into here, we've got obviously as for the Quetter in there, Cancelo. Obviously, this is obviously to Chelsea. The, the players I haven't mentioned, Joe Cancelo, who is running right at Man City at the moment. Uh, Gary Neville of Manchester United, of course, that we haven't mentioned, wasn't an option for any other position. And uh, Kyle Walker, who had a brief time at Villa in between Man City and Spurs. Oh. Um... Are you going to rip my heart out and go, Gary Neville? No, I'm not. I'm going to go Patrice Evra. He wasn't even one of the options of an app. Okay, yeah, Patrice Evra. Fair enough. Fair enough. Are, are we doing 4 3 or are we doing 4 4 2? We didn't even decide that. It's up to you. I'll let you decide that. I think 4 4 2. That's a 4 4 2 then. And that probably prevents that debate of. Anyway, we'll, we'll go into that in a minute. Uh, I'm going to go into the left wing, I think, now. The left wing, probably contenders, obviously, Ryan Giggs, the most successful Premier League player of all time in Manchester United. Hazard, who had to lit the Premier League up for his time at Chelsea. Freddie Lundberg, who played at Arsenal, also had a brief time at West Ham United. Robert Pires, who played for Arsenal and Aston Villa, who was the eighth. But now, of course, playing at Manchester United currently, as well as back in 2003-04. Uh, Son, you can also put in that also during time at Spurs. I, I'm going to put Giggs in. I've said that he's the most successful Premier League player of all time, so you can't take him away from a legend Premier League 11. Dad, you've got choices for either doing a centre mid or doing a right wing, my friend. So go on. What do you want to do? Uh, I'll go for a centre mid. Okay, I'll run through this quickly. Javier Alonso had a brief time at Liverpool. 
Henry De Bruyne, who obviously didn't do very well at Chelsea, but then came back and set the world alight at Manchester City. The Liverpool captain, Stephen G. Miguel Cante, who's won the Premier League twice, once at Chelsea and once with Leicester. Roy Keane, who is the Manchester United captain, but had a brief time at Forest. Lampard, a West Ham United Academy player who played for Chelsea and had a brief time at City. David Silva, who had a great time at Manchester City over a 10-year period. Paul Scholes, who only one of the class of 92 who stayed at Manchester United in his own career. Yaya Torre, who had a great time at Manchester City, more than obviously his brother Colo. And Patrick Vieira, who was, of course, part of the Arsenal Invincibles, a boxing partner of Roy Keane. Opponent of Roy Keane outside the time of City as well. It's going to be Good another luck. West Ham Good Academy luck. Good graduate. It is Frank Lampard. He's in. He's in. Like, he's in. You, you can't, you, you, he's got to be in there. Yeah. And I think I know who you're going to go next, so. No, I'm going to go right winger. No. Okay. Who do we have here? So obviously, we have, uh, obviously we have David Beckham at Manchester United. Of course, that obviously had a very successful career abroad. Um, that's probably it. Yeah. Obviously, you put Sonny there, you probably put Ronaldo in there, uh, Perez Lumbard. They're all operate on the wing. Oh, Bale as well. We didn't mention Bale. Bale, obviously, is Spurs. Yep. But I'm going to put Beckham. But Beckham has got to be in there. What an incredible cross of the ball. Probably the most talented. Manchester United player coming out of class of 92. That's debatable, of course, but I do believe Beckham is up there. So, me for me, David Beckham. Well, then, guys, finish off the midfield. It is Stevie G. Uh, we're leaving Keane we're leaving, we're leaving out, Skulls out. Ooh. I mean, come on, you Ooh. have two of England's probably Ooh. best midfielders. Incredible. There. Like, you, you're not going to turn them down, are you? No, and also as well, like Lampard, Gerald, and Scholes are put in so closely as well. Um, it's mad to, mad to, if you take one out, you're sort of not affecting the team. Mm. But last two, I'll move through these very, very quickly because all of these players will exist. Look at that gigantic thing. Aguero, Gareth Bale, Dennis Bergkamp, Eric Hansen, Andrew Cole, Didier Drogba, Robbie Fowler, Eden Hazard, Thierry Henry, Kane, Marne, Owen, Ronaldo, Rooney, Sarah, Shearer, Sheringham, Son, Suarez, Van Nistelrooy, Vardy, Van Persie, Ian Wright, and Zona. That's my go. And I've got the pick of the bunch. <laughs> I, I'm trying to think about who you would go for, so it might not backfire on me if I don't pick this player. And I probably, that's probably the wrong, wrong, wrong way to do it. I'm going to go Rooney. What a player. Obviously, multiple Premier League winner. Incredible. Way Rooney, by the way. Go on, then. Go on, then. You've got a tough one now. Um, Didier Drogba. What? What? Go, go on, then. Tell me who you take. That Henri. I've watched, bearing in mind. Henri. Henri. Okay. I never watched Henri. <laughs> so? Oh, Lord. 
okay, okay. So obviously now, judging by my reaction, I think I know one player I'm going to take out of your squad and replace. I think, if, but we'll go to you first. Out of my players, I pick uh, Cole, Ferdinand, Diggs, Beckham, and Rooney. Who are you taking out of that? No, you know I'm happy? actually, not, I'm happy with that. You're happy with that? I'm taking twelve around, man. What are you thinking? I've got to take I've got man. It's Thierry on freaking Henry. That is a look at that part. But then you could, you could, if you could say that Ian Wright should be there as well. Ian Wright's a quality player. There's no doubt about that. But come on, Henry, one of the greatest players to have stepped on a pitch. To be fair, I, it was it was between Drogba and Aguero. Not Shearer. You're not put Shearer. You're going to put in contention. Yeah, but like, if I'm looking at people I've seen playing, like what impact they've had to me, it was like Aguero, the the 2012, was it? Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible, mate. You know what I mean? That I remember that moment. I always will, and I'm not a Man City fan. It, it literally, it, it does give you huge points. So that is the team. I'm confirming it there. There it is. What a team. So the third team is going to be available to look at now. We're going to briefly, quickly run through the predictions, score predictions. I'm not going to give mine. Gary's just going to give his. So here we go. Spurs and Wolves kick off this, kick off game week three. 3 0 Wolves. Uh, Spurs. I almost boy that one up then. You messed up your bloody Premier League striker picking up. Everton versus Forest. You need to win Everton, but Forest obviously are, are still got a point to prove. They go to the Puffers where they. Where you see this one end up? 1 0 Forest. Leicester host Southampton again, a big win for the Foxes, but are the Saints going to go marching in? 2 uh, 1 Southampton. Fulham versus Brentford. Fulham obviously trying to get a win, Brentford trying to keep in that Champions League spot. Never yeah, thought I'd say that. What are you saying? Uh, 2 0 Brentford. It's Vieira versus Gerard Palace versus Villa. Uh, 2-0 Villa. The, only, the link between these two teams is that they have their names both beginning with A. Almost called themselves AFC, Bournemouth. Obviously taking on the Gooners. Will it be Cherries or will it be the Gooners? It's going to be Gooners. It's going to be 5-0. I'd never put a hammer near a seagull, but that's exactly what we're going to see this weekend as West Ham take on Brighton. Do you know what? I'm, I, I don't want to say this, but 2 1 Brighton. Warning to any Leeds player do not shake Thomas Tuchel's hand at the end of the game, but he might, but he's going to be in the stands, though, so stay away from Tuchel in the stands. Leeds host Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea, three Leeds, one. Newcastle host Manchester City. I bet Harlem wants to go all the way back to Germany when he goes up north. It's very cold there, Harlem. Newcastle versus Manchester. Uh, Man City 3, Newcastle 1. And the greatest Premier League rivalry debated like ever will have another instalment to our old traffic. Ten hard clock. Will they get on? I don't even care because I don't like Manchester United at all. Clock, you do the same. Man, Man United, Liverpool. 2 0 Man United. Nah, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> nah, it's going to be about 5 0 Liverpool. Wow. <laughs> okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I think possibly this might be the last ever True Fans podcast based on the way Gary's been thinking today. But uh, thank you very much for listening. The show is back. 
and I cannot wait to see where this season is going to go. Shout out to the legend, and Gary Brendan Duff, and we'll see you next time on the True Fans Podcast, where we talk to the true fans of the beautiful game.